Nickflix, what's in the queue? Hello and welcome to another episode of Nickflix podcast. I'm your host Nick, and today we have a spotlight edition, and it is on one of my all-time favorite films, and that is the 1984 comedy classic Ghostbusters. Now, this movie has a ton of good Nick Flicks nuggets, but I wanted to focus first on uh, the, kind of the history of what this cast uh, almost was. So, Ghostbusters is starring Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Sigourney Weaver, Harold Ramis, Rick Moranis, and Ernie Hudson. It was directed by Ivan Reichman. Uh, you know, rest in peace to Ivan and Harold Ramis, who are no longer with us. Um, but uh, the the casting of this movie was almost uh, very different. And uh, the script was written by two of its stars, Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd. Um, But for the first kind of casting nugget, uh, Netflix nugget is that Harold Ramis uh, originally didn't want to play Egon. He was just going to write the script. And he talked about how, uh, as they were kind of doing the table reads and reading the script, uh, he realized that he actually had wrote the perfect part of Egon Spangler for himself. So he decided that, okay, I want to, I want to play this character. Uh, Cause he was known at this time as more of a, a writer slash director. And a couple of the people they had in mind to play Egon Spangler was uh, Jeff Goldblum uh, John Lithgow, Christopher Lloyd, and Christopher Walken were all uh, strongly considered to play him, which I could I could pretty much see any of those guys playing Egon, maybe not Walken so much, but definitely Christopher Lloyd, I think, could have played a good Egon. Um, it's interesting to think about uh, some of these casting decisions and how different they almost were. Uh, another one was, so uh, Ernie Hudson plays uh, Winston Zedmore, who comes in about halfway through the movie. He's the fourth Ghostbuster. Now, originally, that character was going to be in it from the beginning uh, and have a backstory to join the Ghostbusters. And that was going to be played by Eddie Murphy, who at the time was just starting to blow up. And he had a, a scheduling conflict and he dropped out of the movie. And when they uh, when the studio... Uh, realized that okay so Bill Murray was going to play um, Peter Venkman they wanted more screen time for Bill Murray and they cut down the role of Winston Zedmore and Ernie Hudson talked about how he's like you know that that stunk that his role got reduced but he did say that he loved being a Ghostbuster and that filming it was still a good filming process even though his role was cut down um Another uh, casting uh, originally was, you know, since this was one of the writers was Dan Aykroyd is John Belushi when he was still alive and they were writing the script was the guy they wanted to play Peter, uh, uh, 
uh, sorry, um, Peter Venkman and, you know, John Belushi passed away and, and in a way to kind of honor him, they wrote the ghost character Slimer, which is kind of an homage to his character that he played, uh, Blutarski from, uh, Animal House. So kind of a cool little, you know, nod to their friend who, who had, was gone, um, a rumor I did see in a couple of different websites that have done like, you know, you know, history of Ghostbusters was that apparently at one point Michael Keaton was considered for both Egon Spangler or Peter Venkman. And I don't I don't think I could have saw him as Spangler. I definitely could have saw a young Michael Keaton as as Dr. Venkman. That would have been interesting. Um uh, you know, I had mentioned Rick Moranis in the cast, so he plays a supporting character named Lewis Tully, who is the neighbor of Sigourney Weaver's character, Dana Barrett. Um, and he uh, is one of the standouts in the movie. He's very funny, uh, but he was originally going to be played by John Candy and John Candy wanted to make him this like goofy German character and it just didn't work. And you know, when when Rick Moranis got the part because John Candy bowed out, uh, Rick Moranis joked with John Candy all the time that he's like, you were stupid for turning this role down. And thank you, because it's the best role of my career. Um, and he is a true standout in that movie. Uh, so those were some of the kind of casting nuggets that almost what uh was the original movie uh and you know i gotta say it, it ended up working out in the movie's favor because bill murray dan Aykroyd, and harold ramus are so good together their chemistry is amazing and there's a believability that these three who are three totally different people uh but you could kind of tell that they had a good friendship and that their their chemistry was there and adding in ernie hudson was fine it didn't take away from it but you could just tell like the those first three that that they had known each other a long time this is hot ray symmetrical book stacking just like the philadelphia man's turbulence of 1947 you're right no human being would stack books like this listen you smell something about telekinetic activity. Look at this mess. Raymond, look at this. Ectoplasmic residue. Beckman, get a sample of this. It's the real thing. When somebody blows their nose and you want to keep it. I'd like to analyze it. There's more over here. I'm getting stronger readings here. Now, uh, the the uh characters are all very different uh bill murray is as peter vankman is the kind of the the skeptic of the group he's as dana barrett calls him more of a game show host than a scientist you know he's he gets the love interest in the in kind of is the womanizer and it makes sense you know it was very much a bill murray role um dan Aykroyd plays ray stance who's kind of the dork in a way he loves science uh He's really into ghosts. Uh, he's got a lot of great bits in this movie. And, and Ray Stance is maybe the most likable because he actually seems like a good guy. Um, and then there's there's uh, Egon Spangler, played by Harold Ramis. And he is so good in this movie without saying much. So much of 
Egon is his reactions and Harold Ramis is so good. He's got a very dry wit about him, but his facial expressions were just so good in this movie. Um, their secretary in it's played by uh, Annie Potts and she's great uh, as Janine. And she's, she's got a great little uh, crush on Egon and he's just totally not into it or just doesn't care. And, and they have some really good back and forths in the movie. So it's definitely a movie that it's a, a smaller cast in terms of, of the importance of the characters. Uh, but it's a movie where I think it's one of the best cast ever, in my opinion, just top to bottom with with the the leads and then some of the supporting characters. Um, and it's again, it's a movie that I think holds up because a lot of the jokes are not, you know, they're, they're not reference based of like, hey, here's what was going on in the pop culture zeitgeist of the year 1984. Uh, sometimes movies, even great movies like a movie like Wayne's world with that. I think is a great comedy. There are a handful of jokes in there that are like references of things going on in the early nineties that if you weren't around in that time, you know, you, you wouldn't get some of the jokes. So I think what's good about ghostbusters is it's kind of a timeless comedy. I think you could enjoy it now, just like people enjoyed it in the eighties. Uh, my kids, who don't really understand it, but they love still watching it. I think there's parts that make them laugh and it's definitely one that as they get older, I, I'm excited to sit down with them and watch it and, you know, even watch the second one and the new one ghostbusters afterlife. I definitely recommend to ghostbusters fans who haven't seen it. I think it's a great homage to this movie, especially how they kind of pay tribute to Harold Ramis. It, there's a part in the movie that def, that brought a tear to my eye. I'm not ashamed to admit it, that it, it got me good, especially the first time watching it. Um, so uh, kind of some more nuggets about uh, two or I guess three aspects of the movie. So uh, the first thing is uh, <laughs> it was almost called Ghost Smashers for the title. Uh, that was actually the working title for a while until they came up with Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters and Ghost Smashers is actually not a terrible name. It uh, it has a little bit like you could hear the who are you going to call Ghost Smashers. So as long as you could say it with some excitement, it's not too bad. But I definitely think Ghostbusters uh, works way better. Um, the other thing is it's a movie where while the score is very good and and, uh, I, you know, I don't know if it's iconic, but it, it has a definitely a, a flow to it. Uh, the theme song is an all time banger and it's actually a song that was a huge hit outside of the movie um and that's ray parker jr who uh you know did the ghostbusters theme song and originally the two people who were pitched the song were huey lewis who ended up you know did the power of love for back to the future and lindsey buckingham and uh you know, they they turned it down. Ray Parker Jr. accepted it. And he talked about how he's like, I just was trying to figure out how to make it a commercial jingle. And it turned out to be a huge smash. And it's a great song. Um, you know, it's it's one that everyone knows the who you, who you're going to call. Uh, you don't even have to be a Ghostbusters fan to to know that movie. Um, the other thing is, so there's two kind of 
ghosts in the movie that get more than just like a minute of screen time. And that is the ghost in the library in the beginning that gets the Ghostbusters to actually come and to see their first ghost. So the, the rumor was that this is based off of Angie Milner, who is a ghost that apparently haunts the ISU, which is the Illinois State University Library, where my wife and a bunch of our friends went to college. Uh, the other thing is uh, Dana Barrett's apartment is essentially a portal to this, you know, ghost afterlife uh, for this ghost Zool to come to the to our world. And uh, Aykroyd, you know, with his Chicago ties, uh, used uh, kind of a, a rumor based off of the John Hancock building being haunted. So it's kind of cool that a movie, you know, based in New York has so many different Chicago tie-ins. Um, and it's, it's one that, uh, you know, the, 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 the group of them along with the setting and everything, it's just, I, to me, it's, it, it just all works so well. I think it's a movie that I could watch, you know, wh- whatever channel it's on, I could watch it. It's one that I think moves incredibly well. It's very well paced. I think there's a lot of jokes and there's definitely jokes you probably miss on the first time watching it. So if you haven't watched it in a long time, definitely check it out and try to see if maybe you notice uh, uh, maybe something that maybe you, a joke you completely forgot about. I think uh, one of the most famous scenes is when the Ghostbusters uh, get busted uh, by Walter Peck, who is trying to shut them down and they're at they're with the mayor of New York and they kind of, they all four get a moment to kind of explain the gravity of the situation. Well, you could believe Mr. Pecker. My name is Peck. Or you could accept the fact that this city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. What do you mean biblical? What he means is Old Testament, Mr. Mayor. Real wrath of God type stuff. Exactly. Fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes. The dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Enough, I get the point. Uh, so, you know, just to kind of put a bow on this, uh, this episode, um, again, it's one of these movies that to me is timeless. I think that a lot of the jokes still hold up. Um, you know, it's, it's one where I, I, the sequel obviously was, was not as good though. I don't think it's as bad as a lot of sequels to movies are, um, the all female version I think has good moments. I think as a whole, it just didn't capture the same magic that this one does. Uh, and it's hard to see that that's why making remakes, especially of comedies or even different adaptations are really tough. Cause a lot of times with comedies, you just have to capture lightning in a bottle. And this movie does. It's why a lot of great comedies are hard to make new versions of. Um, and, and I will say though, Ghostbusters afterlife, um, if you could throw that movie in your queue, it is very good. I think it's a great homage. Uh, you know, it was directed by Jason Reitman, the son of, of Ivan Reitman. And uh, it's a great homage to his dad, to this movie, uh, to the eighties as a, as a, as a decade. Like it is, it is just a movie that kind of has like a Spielberg, you know, Robert Zemeckis type feel to it. And, it's one that I highly recommend, especially if you're a Ghostbusters fan. I think they pay good respect to the original Ghostbusters. Um, and again, especially to Harold Ramis. Uh, 
who is uh, missed, and he is a, a comedy legend. And again, if, if anything, Ghostbusters Afterlife was a great uh, kind of uh, nod to him. So, uh, you know, for some uh, things that are out right now to put in your queue, if you have HBO Max, uh, if you've not watched, check out the show Barry uh, with Bill Hader. I believe it's its fourth season and it's its final season. Great comedy, but definitely uh, the last two seasons are darker, but really good. I've really enjoyed it. Um, and on Apple TV Plus, Ted Lasso right now is in the middle of what it looks to be its last season. Uh, definitely, if you haven't watched that show, what are you doing? Go check it out. Ted Lasso is fantastic, and it's just one of those like feel-good shows that I think everyone could enjoy. Um, and again, uh, you know check out Ghostbusters. Hopefully if you haven't watched it in a while you discover something new, which is always a fun thing to do. Uh, and in the uh, words of Peter Venkman, back off, man, I'm a scientist. This has been another edition of Nick Flicks podcast. I would love to hear your feedback on the movies discussed in today's episode. Feel free to leave a comment on the official Nick Flicks Twitter page, which is at Nick Flicks pod or on Instagram at Nick Flicks podcast. You could also give a follow and leave a review on either Apple or Spotify that will help me reach a bigger audience. Thank you all and stay tuned next to see what's in the queue.